0: weather and science across the globe the weather jazz podcast
1: hello everybody it is friday we made it open line friday on this edition of weather jazz a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather Science, earth science, astronomy, and even some off-topic things from time to time. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the Senior Meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 167 for Friday, March 19, 2021. And it is, in fact, the last full day of winter. Just a real quick mention of what's happening weather-wise in northeast Ohio, just in case you're tuning in from the Ohio Valley. Obviously, the sun is back after a very, very rainy Thursday. The day before that, we had plenty of sun, but we had highs in the 60s, and then we had the rain. Mixing in with wet snow in a couple of places yesterday. Not a big deal, but it certainly felt very wintry. It felt like a wintry rain with winds that were gusting well over 40 miles an hour at open areas yesterday. Very blustery. And then we wake up uh, on this Friday, and it's phenomenally clear. But we're not going to see 60s today. Temperatures will hold in the 30s to no higher than 40. And that's below normal by about 10 degrees or so. Not to worry. As we head into the weekend, just to give you a quick little preview, again, for those of you that are tuning in from the Ohio Valley, we are in for a beautiful weekend. The astronomical entry point into springtime, the vernal equinox, is Saturday morning. That's at 5.37 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, because we're on daylight saving time now. And so if you like a wake-up call, uh, maybe, uh, as I mentioned to Gabe Spiegel and Lou Maglio yesterday on air, they are television news anchors with whom I work. I said, I'll give you a wake-up call, a courtesy wake-up call, so that you can have your party favors all lined up on the kitchen table and you can grab them at 5.37 a.m. and welcome springtime. Well, the, the temperatures are going to very quickly rise uh, near normal on Saturday and even above on Sunday. So Sunday is going to be my pick day with uh, temperatures perhaps even getting back up to the 60-plus level inland. And uh, the skies will be beautifully clear all across the area. Well, it's Open Line Friday. What am I working on? Uh, Very, very soon, I will follow up on the Little Free Library craze. It's not really a craze. It's it's something that people are just doing and have been for some time. They're still doing it, even though one of the founders of the Little Free Library passed away relatively recently. But it's been around for, I want to say, about 10 or 15 years now. And We're lining up some interviews of people that have either established Little Free Libraries or uh, in some way, shape, or form participate in stocking them with great books. They're very, very cool, and we'll talk more about them whenever we release that episode, very, very likely on a Friday, because it's one of those other uh, topics that not necessarily uh, weather related or science related or astronomy related. What we're going to talk about today is actually the international space station. And specifically, I was drawn to this topic because somebody whom we've actually had on Weather Jazz as a guest actually interviewed the folks on the International Space Station yesterday. His name is Jacob Wyckoff and I had the pleasure of uh, having Jacob on Weather Jazz if you want to look back on episode number 121. Uh, Jacob, who is a Northeast Ohio native, is actually one of the meteorologists now at WBZ TV Channel 4 in Boston. And recently, uh, he inquired uh, of NASA if there was any chance that he could interview somebody on the International Space Station. So he cast his net of inquiry out there, and guess what? They responded. And they set up an interview for him yesterday at about a little past 10 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And with Jacob's permission, I'm able to repost the entire interview that he had with NASA yesterday. He spoke about a number of things with the NASA team and a lot of great questions about life in space and perhaps encouraging some of the youth out there to engage in some of the sciences. So if you have, by chance, uh, a youthful member of your household, this might be a great interview to listen to together. So without further delay, and again, special thanks to Jacob Wyckoff and WBZ-TV in Boston. Here is that interview that occurred yesterday from Earth to the International Space Station, very very cool stuff. Here we go.
0: Hello, we hear you loud and clear. This there is we the go. International Space Station, welcome aboard.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So I mentioned that you guys are orbiting the Earth at about seventeen thousand miles per hour. So you're going a little fast here. How are you this morning?
0: Doing great. We're actually on uh, London time, so we've been up and at it for a while today, and we've gotten a lot of uh, experiments and station maintenance done already. It's been an awesome day in the space.
2: Well, that is awesome. I would say good morning to you, but you mentioned uh, that you're on London time. You see sixteen sunrises every day. Uh, what has been the hardest thing adjusting to in space beyond you know the lack of gravity?
3: Well, you know, I have a, a family back home, and i say being without them, waking up and going to bed every night without being able to see them physically has been the biggest challenge. But, you know, being up here is a it'll sacrifice for everyone, and that's been the biggest sacrifice for me.
2: Now, you guys have an incredibly unique perspective. Only about 563 people have ever been in space and even fewer aboard the International Space Station. What's it like to see home, Dr. Glover or, uh, Commander Glover? You mentioned you see home and you miss your family. What's it like to see home out that window? And does that view ever get old?
3: Okay, first, the view does not ever get old. It is spectacular. I love to be there in the twilight when the sun is coming up or when it's going down. It is just breathtaking and spectacular but even being over the we're, we're over the ocean a lot the open ocean and as an Navy guy i really connect with the ocean but the blue ocean the beautiful colors of the lands the plains the desert it is just striking to see it as it is and not on a map or seeing a rendition but with your own eyes at the appropriate scale it is truly a life-changing view
2: that really does look incredible there we have some pictures up on the screen of your guys view of earth now the subject of diversity in space and technology is a growing topic. For example, girls are rightfully seeing themselves in lots of future STEM professions. Both of you are big role models to so many. What advice do you have for them as they explore their future?
0: My advice to young women that are interested in science and technology is to, to think about what they're interested in, figure out what grabs them, what do they like to do every day, and hold on to that there's a lot of people out there that are going to say, hey, this is too hard, you shouldn't be doing this, maybe give you the feeling, uh, not overtly, but give you the feeling subtly that you don't belong here. I mostly just ignored that. I put my blinders on. I do what I love to do. I, I have always had jobs that I think are amazing incredible, and I'm passionate about that. And so, you know, put your blinders on, put your head down, and do what's fun and and do what drives you and what you're passionate about. If you're passionate about something, that's going to take you really far. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead you to places you wouldn't even think, like the space station.
2: Such great advice there. So, no.
3: I, I think you can look at the news and read the paper and see that the world needs the best of all of us right now. So I, I don't care how old you are or what you look like, I say these three things because I try to live them myself and I think it applies to all people. We need to be resilient and greedy. We need to, like Kate said, put your head down and keep your feet moving, not stop in the face of challenges. And the greatest challenges come from within. So don't, don't stop. We need to be lifelong learners, learning inside the classroom and outside the classroom. And we also need to work on being good teammates or good members of the community, working together so that we can solve those great challenges that are facing all people.
2: Such great advice there. Now, the Mars 2020 mission, Perseverance, landed exactly one month ago to obviously incredible fanfare. What was the reaction like aboard the International Space Station? Did you guys watch it like, you know, a Super Bowl party or something?
0: That's exactly what we did. We had it. We had the NASA channel streamed live up here. Um, we were in Node One where we eat dinner. We're all gathered uh, around the television set. We were watching people at, at JPL. Uh, our hearts were in our throats. I think, like like everybody else, watching it live, it was absolutely incredible. And then a few days later, one of our crewmates pulled up video. If you guys haven't seen the video of the landing. It's um, I, I mean, you theoretically know that we're landing something on Mars, but it's different to see it. It was, it was breathtaking. It was absolutely amazing.
2: Now, from Mars to the Moon, there are a lot of future missions planned, like the follow-up to the Apollo mission, the Artemis mission. That's the return of manned missions to the Moon. I know both of you are in the Artemis pool of potential astronauts. Are you excited for those possibilities, and what would that bring? to the future of space travel.
3: You know, NASA wants to go back to the moon but to stay. And that's very important so that we have a sustainable presence in lunar orbit. Uh, but then it also helps us lay the path to getting onto Mars uh, and becoming a two-planet species. I think the the goals that we have in the Artemis program are, are amazing. Listen, when when humanity accomplishes something amazing, what do we call it? One term is a moonshot, And I think it's our generation's turn to see that in person, to watch our generation accomplish something that great. Uh, this is a great accomplishment the space station we need to come up with a new term but to to see humanity go back to the moon is something i think again could galvanize all people uh, as we do something great for all of humanity
2: now both of you are veterans in doing spacewalks or evas commander i know you did one on saturday morning and dr rubens i know you've done one i think the last one you did was on march 5th what is it like to leave the station and kind of leave the safety of the station but also what are some of the risks involved
0: Yeah, spacewalks are quite a thing. It takes the entire crew to get ready for them. So it's not just people in the spacesuits. It's those that are putting them in the suits. And we actually are in the suits for about four or five hours before we even depress and go out to vacuum. Uh, The suits are amazing. They're their own spacecraft. So they provide thermal cooling for the astronaut. They provide protection from temperatures from minus 200 to plus 200. Um, Obviously, they have to provide micrometeor debris and their own source of oxygen. Uh, They're really incredible capable vehicles. And then you also have a human inside them moving. So there's a lot of things to keep track of. Um, We really pay attention to every single detail when we put people in the suits, when we go to vacuum, and then we bring them back inside. Uh, It is truly incredible. To see after a spacewalk, uh, we're able to look out the windows, and, and I and I can both look out at P6 to all the things that we installed. And uh, I, I look out there every now and then, and I'm I'm really glad I took some extra time with some of the MLI blankets that I made them look, look nice and pretty because once you put it out there in vacuum of space, it's not moving. So it's an incredible experience, uh, but it's also something that we approach very rigorously.
2: Dr. Rubens, I know that you arrived in mid-October of last year just as a busy hurricane season was slowing down a little bit. Have you seen any memorable storms that kind of stick out in your mind?
0: Yeah, we do. We always watch when we're going over Houston. We watch the Gulf Coast and we watch Florida. Um, We haven't seen anything uh, that's particularly poignant and out-of-the-norm over the U.S., but it is really interesting on the space station to watch weather patterns across the globe. So we do watch for things like typhoons, and one of the things that's so striking to me is to see how a weather pattern will develop on one side of the world, and then you can watch it a few days later as it comes across the globe. Because we're going around the Earth so frequently, you kind of notice when there's a really big storm somewhere, or or even you you can see the jet stream, you can see... uh, as these clouds are forming. That's the most spectacular and, and notable thing. We, we see storms up here all the time, but to watch them move across the planet is, I think it's a different scale.
2: And uh, before I leave you guys, I know it's important to exercise two hours a day. What is your favorite zero gravity move?
3: Listen, deadlifts are awesome on earth, they're also awesome in zero gravity. Uh, we have an amazing machine up here. One of my favorite machines up here is our advanced resistive exercise device. It allows us to, to do the moves you do with, you know, when you're weightlifting, even though we can't use weights. It uses a vacuum cylinder to, uh, to create the resistance and uh, deadlifts are, are awesome in microgravity. You can really focus on form.
2: I guess I'm not going to get a flip out of you guys, but uh, I appreciate your time. Dr. Kate Rubens, Commander Victor Glover, thank you so much for your time. Be safe and Godspeed to you guys. Now, oh, oh, there they go. There they, <laughs> there they go. I love it. Well, the space station will be passing over our heads this evening. Unfortunately, it does look like there will be some clouds that are going to be blocking our view. Next time you see New England, guys, if you can still hear me wave down to us, we'll be waving back to you. Thank you for joining us here on CBSN for this special interview with astronauts aboard the International Space Station. We will be right back.
1: How cool is that? I'm sure that if you went to WBC's website that you could actually see the interview. And at the very tail end, one of the crew members uh, who is being interviewed actually does that backflip in zero-G gravity just for Jacob and for the entire crew. Again, special thanks to Jacob and WBZ for a wonderful interview interview and a great inspiration for all of our young people out there. What I'm going to do, just in case there's any curiosity on the International Space Station and its current position, I will place two tracking websites in the show notes on episode number 167 of weatherjazz.com. And both of them will show you where the space station is right now and will also show you where it's light and dark because what you want to do to be able to see the space station pass overhead and you have to have certain conditions exist. And those conditions would be that the space station would be near your particular location right at the... uh, Terminator, uh, that where the daylight goes to night or the night goes to day. And uh, so go check out those maps and those resources, and you'll be able to, in the proper sequence and in the proper season, whenever everything is lined up, you too can see the space station fly past us overhead. Uh, It's easily distinguished. It's a very bright object, and it moves unlike any other object in the Uh, either late evening or very, very early pre-dawn sunrise sky. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word, get the word out by email, by your social media. Click on a link and forward the link on your social media pages. Or, as I always like to say, to your neighbor over the fence, just say, Hey! Have you ever heard about uh, the podcast Weather Jazz, especially if you enjoy a particular topic? Well, we'd like to right now give special thanks to all of you that have partnered to support Weather Jazz. Very important to me, very important to you too, because it helps me to expand technologically this program so that we can do more and more things. Victoria Singer in Vermont, Will Antonia Krause in Ohio. Christine Barnes in Ohio, Rose Moore in Ohio, Bill Martin in Florida, Andrea Rich in Tennessee. And you've got about another 10 days left from today in order to become a subscriber such that you get a free book. My free book called The Extra Mile. It was published back in 2011. And uh, it was really my first public book that became available. I now have about five or six out there. But this is the one where it's a timeline. It's not necessarily an autobiography, but it is an autobiographical timeline. Not of me, though, but of the people who really invested in me to help me become who I am today. And it's my way of honoring those people. And by Reading that book, you will really get a feel as to what made me who I am and how I think and and how I operate in daily life. I'd like to get this book out into your hands. All you have to do is become a subscriber at any one of three levels. The lowest is just 99 cents a month. And you can get those links on weatherjazz.com at the bottom of every episode. Do you have a question or a topic suggestion? I welcome your input. Or if you just want to call me and let me know how it is you listen to Weather Jazz. Give me a call. The Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line is always there, waiting to take your call. It's 234 525 5888. And again, the number is available on weatherjazz.com at the bottom of every episode, just in case you weren't able to transcribe that quickly enough. And if you're listening to Weather Jazz via one of many podcast apps available, remember to subscribe. So that way, you can automatically download every episode. And it always helps if you have just a little bit of extra time to write a review on that particular podcast platform. That way, more people can find Weather Jazz. If you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area, or plan to visit, or simply traveling through, you can catch my 5 and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments regularly on WJW Television. Fox 8, or even online from anywhere in the world at fox8.com. Now, that's not the case today. Today, I'm going to be on the 4 p.m. and 5 p.m. That's Friday, March 19th. My schedule returns to normal, the 5 and 7 p.m. next week. Our schedules have been scrambled a little bit. Uh, trying to cover all the bases, Uh, but uh, that season uh, for at least a little while coming to an end, and ordinarily I'm on at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Remember that, for those of you listening, outside the Eastern Time Zone of the United States. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're going to see you on Monday with another engaging episode right here on Weather Jazz.
0: Weather and science across the globe just